Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. One, two, three, four. Hi everyone, Stephen Ray Morris here, and welcome to See Jurassic Right. With news heating up again for the next installment of the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World franchise, currently set for July 2nd, 2025, and as of this February 10th recording, happy birthday, Laura Dern, no director is yet attached. The aw shit, here we go again phase is happening in the Jurassic community right now, but I wanted to take a moment to provide a little context and dive into the history of release dates as related to their production cycles of the six previous Jurassic movies in the franchise. The results may surprise you. They certainly were not at all what I expected. 65 million years in the making, indeed. The first discovery was made in the spring of 1990. From a mine in South America came a piece of amber containing the fossilized remains of a prehistoric mosquito. One of many that had fed upon the blood of dinosaurs. From the DNA in that blood, science was able to recreate those giants 
and for the first time, man and dinosaur shared the Earth. It happened at a place called Jurassic Park. This summer, director Steven Spielberg will take you there. Jurassic Park, June 11th, 1993. Released in December of 1992, only a few months after filming wrapped, the teaser trailer for Jurassic Park merely says, Next summer, summer 1993. But, insert record scratch, how did we get here? Jurassic Park the novel was published on November 20th, 1990. The apocryphal story is that while Steven Spielberg and Michael Crichton were chatting about the creation of the show ER in November of 1989, Crichton mentioned that he was working on Jurassic Park and informally promised the film to Spielberg. In Jody Duncan and Don Shea's excellent behind-the-scenes book I often cite, Crichton describes having the idea since 1981-ish and didn't want to cash in on the dinosaur craze, but realized it was never going to end. He describes that while shopping for his first child while his wife was pregnant, he couldn't go past a single toy store without seeing a stuffed dinosaur. When the bidding war started by the studios in May of 1990, after Crichton handed in his manuscript, names like Joe Dante, Richard Donner, Tim Burton, and James Cameron were all thrown around. But of course, you know that gentleman's handshake ended up holding true between Crichton and Spielberg. Iconic production designer Rick Carter, my friend Sarah M. Gonzalez, literally just met him at the DGA Awards when I was writing this, and I'm so jealous, was brought in immediately to help parse the book for film ideas before the script was even written. Fun fact, when screenwriter David Kep was brought in, still riding a high on the success of writing Robert Zemeckis' cult classic Death Becomes Her, he didn't even land on the final ice cream, you never had control, that's the illusion scene between Hammond and Ellie. Molly Scotch Marmo's draft introduced the concept of Hammond eating ice cream as the park fell apart until October 20th, 1990, well after Jurassic Park had already started filming. Thinking about the upcoming Jurassic movie's production schedule, which we know very little about other than that they currently don't have a director as of this recording, and that the release date is July 2nd, 2025, this chunk about the original Jurassic Park spoke to me. When Michael and I went into this, Spielberg remarked, I told him, by the way, don't expect me to be shooting this in eight months. This is at least a two-year prep. We have a lot of mechanical and visual effects to work out. Frankly, I thought I was giving him an exaggerated pre-production time. I wanted to give myself a little room to be wrong. But as it turned out, I didn't know how right I was. From the time we officially went into pre-production to the first day of shooting, it was exactly two years and one month to the day. Principal photography on Jurassic Park started Monday, August 24th, 1992. The film was released June 11th, 1993. The turnaround time also looks insane in retrospect, but the amount of pre-prep work, oof, but the amount of pre-prep work ahead of time and concurrent post-production work on the effects cannot be understated. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, May 23rd, 1997. There was something similar about three men sitting at the restaurant table that early summer afternoon, a shared quality of enthusiasm and almost boyish delight as they brainstormed and huddled over sketches quickly drawn on pieces of scratch paper. One looked slightly older than the other two, his longish, unruly hair exhibiting nearly as much salt as pepper, yet much of the electric energy at the table was emanating from him, and he was clearly the subject of glances and shy smiles coming from the other diners. 
It was June 1995, and Steven Spielberg had come to Century City's Dive, a submarine-themed restaurant co-owned by the director himself, to discuss ideas and images for a new project with production designer Rick Carter and illustrator David Lowry. Their subject, The Lost World, the sequel to Spielberg's Jurassic Park. In March of 1994, Crichton commented that there would likely be a sequel to the novel and film. I think this comment is referenced in James Mottram's Ultimate Visual History book as being at the Show West Convention, a convention run by the National Association of Theater Owners. Pre-production started in spring of 1995, for which the above quotation is referencing. From that, and in Jody Duncan's excellent making of The Lost World Jurassic Park, Spielberg comments that during this pre-production process, he hadn't even decided if he was going to direct it yet. Come on, Steve, who are you kidding? The Lost World novel is published on September 8th, 1995. Clearly, the book and film were developed simultaneously. I didn't expect to find much in terms of choosing a release date for any of these films. No doubt some combination of witchcraft and algorithm these days. But in Duncan's book, I found this juicy passage. There had been little publicity that fall to alert the world to the fact that the sequel to Jurassic Park was in such a furious state of creativity. In fact, few outside the film industry would have known that a sequel was being planned. But then, Crichton's novel was published, and not surprisingly, it rose to number one on the bestseller list soon afterwards. With the title now thrust into public consciousness, Amblem and Universal considered the timing to be perfect. And on Thursday, November 9th, 1995, the companies put an end to months of rumor and speculation by officially announcing that Steven Spielberg would be directing The Lost World, the big event summer movie of 1997. It's well known that the final act of The Lost World, where the bull T-Rex rampages through San Diego, was changed late into the pre-production cycle of the film over the 4th of July weekend in 1996 due to a vision Spielberg had of a little boy looking out his window to see a T-Rex drinking out of his family's swimming pool. The remaining pre-production was spent trying to make this new act work while returning screenwriter David Kep rewrote the script in tandem with all the production changes that came with it. Principal photography started on the Lost World Jurassic Park on September 3rd, 1996, listed as September 5th, 1996 in James Mottramp's book. The film was released on May 23rd, 1997. Not the 19th, as Universal Social Media often attributes. That was the premiere. Thank you, Brad, for reminding me. Jurassic Park 3, July 18th, 2001. I was finished after Lost World. I knew that then, said Steven Spielberg in James Mottram's Jurassic Park, The Ultimate Visual History. The intro to the Jurassic Park 3 portion of this book sums up with the start of this period with what are eye-catching revelations to me, who was between the ages of 10 to 14 at the time. On June 29th, 1998, Universal Pictures made it official. A third Jurassic Park movie was entering production to be released in the summer of 2000. Michael Crichton would develop a story and write the script. I'm delighted at this opportunity to collaborate again with Steven, he stated, although... It was not quite the reunion many fans envisioned. Having decided to take a step back from the franchise, and with his science fiction projects, AI Artificial Intelligence, and Minority Report on the horizon, Spielberg opted to take an executive producer role on what would become known as Jurassic Park 3. And we all know how this turned out, right? Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park 3 would go on to be the most critically acclaimed film of the original trilogy, closing out the franchise. Alan. Oh, wait. That, that's not what happened? Michael Carden pieced out of any and all duties quickly after the announcement to work on Timeline and before Steven Spielberg gave the directing gig to Joe Johnston of Industrial Light and Magic slash Star Wars fame. 
He co-created Boba Fett, for God's sake, before turning to directing with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, The Page Master, Jumanji, and October Sky. Alas, there is no Jodie Duncan making of book for Jurassic Park 3, but she did write a giant coffee table-sized book about the legendary Stan Winston, The Winston Effect, that I perused again while writing this episode. It is telling that in this book, published in 2006, that the artist responsible for the Spinosaurus design, Joey Orozco, is quoted as saying, Everybody went a little wild on Jurassic Park 3's dinosaurs. We wound up putting quills on the raptors, all kinds of things. We knew it was probably going to be the last Jurassic Park movie, so we just went for it. Many drafts of the film were turned over. A notable version where there are two planes, one filled with kids, the other filled with adults, crashes on Isla Sorna, the island from the Lost World. But it started with the concept that Dr. Alan Grant would be found living on the island, Robinson Crusoe style. Another gold moment leading up to the production of Jurassic Park 3 was Steven Spielberg's reaction to the title, Jurassic Park Extinction. Extinction for who? Nobody was fond of Jurassic Park 3, but you certainly know what it meant, said director Joe Johnston. Principal photography on Jurassic Park 3 began on August 24, 2000. In July 2000, just barely two months earlier, Spielberg and Johnson rejected the latest draft of the script in part to not returning screenwriter David Kep's feedback. Oops. They were even holding contests in the art department to see who could come up with a better opening than what was in the script. I appreciate the honesty that James Matran was able to get in this section about Jurassic Park 3, as it didn't sound like that much fun for Joe Johnston to make, saying in Hawaii while filming, I feel like jumping in the ocean and swimming back to America. There are so many reasons why films start shooting without a script, but man, it's wild that this still happens to this day, if not even more so than it did back then. The film was released on July 18th, 2001. Remember when some movies don't put on Wednesdays instead of Fridays? It was very successful despite all the chaos, over $180 million in the U.S., and nearly $370 million worldwide. Nothing to sneeze at when compared to the many blockbuster flops in 2023. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jurassic World, June 12th, 2015. From Dan's JP3 page, the original Jurassic Park community I grew up on, and where I shared my fanfiction, JP Exciter was my username, a Depeche Mode reference, to discovering Jurassic collectibles and other YouTube channels and folks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, I was 14 when Jurassic Park 3 came out, and 28 when Jurassic World was released. 
A myriad of Jurassic Park 4s were in the works with Joe Johnston in and out. The infamous sales script, which I talked about more in the recent Andrew Robach episode. With the passing of Stan Winston and Michael Crichton in 2008, even Kathleen Kennedy, producer of the first three Jurassic Park films, thought maybe there would be no return to Jurassic Park. January 11th, 2013. Universal officially announces Jurassic Park 4 with a release date of June 13th, 2014, without a director. Sound familiar? The other legendary producer of the Jurassic Park franchise, Frank Marshall, at the behest of Brad Bird, gave Safety Not Guaranteed director Colin Trevorrow a call. And on March 13th, 2013, it was announced that he was going to be helming the return to the Jurassic universe. But behind the scenes, he wanted to completely rewrite the script he had been hired to direct. I'm having such a glitch in the Matrix levels of deja vu right now. In a remarkably prescient passage in James Mottram's Jurassic World, The Ultimate Visual History, he states, When Colin and Trevorrow submitted their draft in March of 2013, it was clear that it represented a remarkable feat of narrative engineering. They'd entirely reworked the Jaffa Silver script. It was a different movie. A much better movie, says Patrick Crowley. You weren't just dealing with vestigial elements that were there because nobody could figure out how to do it better. It was a brand new, clean slate. With Universal banking on Jurassic Park 4 as its big summer event movie for 2014, the release was still on track, but there was a road bump ahead. When Spielberg read the new script, he was delighted, but his instincts told him there was room for improvement. Steven said, I've got some issues, recalls Crowley. And with that, Spielberg called a halt to production. There was a point where it became apparent we were never going to make the 2014 release date, says Crowley. And that was a big sigh of relief when everybody got on board and said, okay, that's not the end of the world. We'll make it for 2015. Genuinely speechless reading this passage right now. As George Lucas famously said 25 years ago. Again, it's like poetry. It's sort of they rhyme. Mm -hmm. Every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. With more David Kett feedback to boot, on September 10th, 2013, Universal announces the official Jurassic Park 4 title, Jurassic World, with the updated release date of June 12th, 2015. Principal photography began April 10th, 2014, with a bigger budget too. How nice. And it did hit that June 12th, 2015 release date, surpassing all box office expectations. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, June 22nd, 2018. No time to slow down now. July 23rd, 2015, a follow-up to Jurassic World is announced to be released June 22nd, 2018, with Colin Trevorrow saying that from the beginning, he would like another director to take a crack at the next film in the Jurassic Park, now Jurassic World franchise. Apparently, according to James Mottram's book, with Trevorrow being announced as directing Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker in August of that year, even then Trevorrow was supposed to come back for the third film in this already forming Jurassic World trilogy. Confirmed by Steven Spielberg himself, even. Spanish director J.A. Bayona was announced as being the successor to the franchise in April of 2016 by Frank Marshall on Twitter. At the time, Colin Trevorrow, who was writing the script again with Derek Connolly, wanted to call it Jurassic Earth, but the official title, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, was revealed June 22nd, 2017, a few months after principal photography began on February 23rd, 2017. And the film was released on June 22nd, 2018. But if you remember what else was going on in 2018 was the World Cup, a.k.a. football, a.k.a. soccer for fellow Americans, 
I remember being startled to learn that the film would be released three weeks early in Singapore and Malaysia on June 7th, and the UK, India, Italy, South Korea, and Angola on June 8th. At the time, I remember the Jurassic community online specifically worried about the spoilers and the fracturing of the hype time waiting for the movie to come out in the US. I tried looking up any details about this thought process, but maybe that's too deep of a dive for most. I did, however, fly out to London, one of my old stomping grounds, went to and dropped out of grad school in London back in 2010-2011 to see the film early, and that time was chronicled with much joy during the early days of this very podcast. I really do treasure this period of the podcast in my life. Working on My Favorite Murder allowed me to not only meet so many true crime fans and murderinos, but to meet other Jurassic fans as well and engage in so many fun activities and opportunities like hosting a Jurassic Park trivia night upon Fallen Kingdom's release and so much more. It really was the peak of the Jurassic fandom during the Jurassic World trilogy years. I'm so very grateful for that time. Jurassic World Dominion, June 10th, 2022. And we all know what happened next. But before that, we learned on February 21st, 2018, that there would indeed be a Jurassic World 3. Duh. And it would be released on June 11th, 2021. Fitting as it would be the 29th anniversary of Jurassic Park's release and continue the relationship that the Jurassic Park franchise has always had with the month of June. It ain't called Jurassic June for nothing. With Trevorrow no longer working on Star Wars, this would give him more time in COVID looming too, to not only work on the final film in the Jurassic Saga, but write and direct the excellent Jurassic short film, Battle at Big Rock, which premiered on television on September 15th, 2019. The exact opposite of the Hollywood hype machine, Battle at Big Rock was shot essentially in secret, and I remember being thrilled seeing the back-to-basic story set in between the events of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and the forthcoming Jurassic World Dominion, Getting to see it on the big screen twice in Los Angeles at a Collider event in that same year is truly one of my most treasured Jurassic memories, with Laura Dern announcing her return to the franchise, not a cameo, in person that night. Principal photography began February 23rd, 2020, with the official title, Jurassic World Dominion, being announced the very next day. Sorry, that was that was really dumb. Friday, March 13th, 2020, filming was halted along with the rest of the world. A nice anecdote in James Mottram's book mentions actor Scott Hayes, who played Poacher Rain Delacorte, bought everyone hand sanitizer as news of the virus grew in the media as the film shut down production. Principal photography began again on July 6, 2020, under strict COVID guidelines, but obviously certain elements of the film were changed like only second unit going to Malta with Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt filming their portions of those scenes in the UK, and Jake Johnson unable to reprise his role as Lowry Crothers from Jurassic World. His scenes were given to Justice Smith's character, Franklin Webb, instead. Jurassic World Dominion was released on June 10th, 2022. Thank you again to my dear friend Perry Nemiroff of Collider fame for thinking of me and inviting me to the Los Angeles premiere on June 6th, 2022. Thank you again to Karen and Georgia, Alejandra and Hannah for letting me skip my first ever My Favorite Murder recording at the time to be there. I remember all those stories you told. Oh, no, no. This is nothing like that. We're in a completely different situation right now. (laughs) Untitled Jurassic Film, July 2nd, 2025. February 9th, 
2024 via deadline. Exclusive. <laughs> Universal is back on the search for director to helm its next Jurassic World movie. As Deadline is hearing, David Leach is no longer in talks to direct the film. Insiders say the parting was amicable and that ultimately the studio and Leach had different visions for the film. This is now one of the hotter directing jobs in town as the studio is sticking to its July 2nd, 2025 release date. Universal recently tapped David Kep, who helped launch the franchise when he penned the first Jurassic Park films, to write the script. While I jumped into making a reaction episode to the news that David Kep is back writing the new Jurassic Park sequel, January 22nd, 2024, I'm glad I held off with the news of the new release date of July 2nd, 2025 that was announced with all the David Leach negotiations. He's known for John Wick, Atomic Blonde, Hobbs and Shaw, and notably was the second unit director on the original Jurassic World, mostly because I want to create episodes that, to me, personally add context and bring something new to the conversation. I love the feeling of when news explodes online and seeing everyone's reactions, but I wouldn't have even thought of this episode idea until Friday's news that David Leach is no longer going to direct the forthcoming Jurassic Park 7, Jurassic World 4, or whatever it'll end up being called. We can speculate all we want, and please check out Jurassic Outposts and General Podcasts, JP Toys on social media, and the Jurassic Park podcast, among others, for what everyone's thinking. But my takeaway is that these announcements are a big part of the way businesses negotiate things. Gauging public interest can sway decisions or be used to back up or refute certain choices people make when looking in the mirror in order to take credit or lay blame. I really enjoyed diving into the messy nature that every Jurassic movie has experienced through their own hubris or forces of nature beyond the production's control. Hmm. Sounds like a certain movie we all love. My hope always is that the creators and makers are fairly, nay, handsomely compensated for their time, no matter how rushed it feels. The more the merrier, I say, when it comes to Jurassic Park movies. You could say this franchise has always found a way. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Big thanks to The Sacred Jurassic Text by Jody Duncan, Don Shea, and James Mottram for their invaluable work on the making of Jurassic Park, Lost World, The Winston Effect, The Ultimate Visual Histories, and the newish annotated Jurassic Park screenplays. They really are the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you to the listeners and fellow Jurassic community for keeping the hype online alive and make this so fun to chat about. In patience with me as I navigate the way I want to join in on the conversation when big news drops. Please check out my recent interview with Australian musician and songwriter Ruby Fields. Both of my conversations with her are some of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Check out the recent episode with the Percast Sarah Iyer. Our pod together might have gone extinct. Don't worry, the entire show is still online to listen to. But we had a blast chatting about the original Jurassic Park trilogy and how hot Sam Neill is. Plus, my next episode is the long-awaited chat with one of the sweetest, most talented people I know. And you know... Names! Please follow me at Stephen Ray Morris on all things and support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash cjurassicrite. A dollar goes a long way, five even more. Hold on to your butts, and I'll see you soon.
It's like poetry. It rhymes. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 